Greetings and salutations, DMs, GMs, referees, judges, game operations directors, and all other varieties of storytellers. This is your DM, Scott, and it's time for another DM quick tip. This week, we're applying the Harmon Circle to your game. We talked about the hero's journey on previous quick tips. The hero's journey, in my opinion, works best for the overall campaign for applying this to the party as a whole as one big unit. Now the Harmon circle in my opinion fits the individual characters better. One of the things that I like to do with the Harmon circle when applying it to individual characters is to give their background a thorough read and then draw out a circle. Label it with the different phases in the Harmon circle and just make some notes related to the character and where I would like to go to bring that background into the story. So what if they didn't write a character background? What if there is no origin story? Then I'll sit down and have a discussion with the players related to that, take some notes and write one up myself. Sometimes the player will have no idea what the background of the character is, and this is fine as well. This is where I take artistic license as a DM, and I write their background for them. I let it unfold throughout their harm and circle. Yes, all of this seems like a lot of work, and it is, but the work is mostly up front. Certainly, you're going to need to make some modifications as the storyline progresses and as characters make their own decisions, driving the story into directions you may not have planned for. This is okay. Don't get too locked into what you've defined in your Harmon circles for the player characters. Because after all, we're playing D&D and not writing a book. Keep it loose and modifiable, and you'll do just fine with assigning Harmon circles to your player characters. Let's apply this to the beginning of a campaign to level one adventurers, characters that have yet to begin their life of adventure. A character is in a zone of comfort. Again, this is where you introduce the protagonists, your cast of player characters at the D&D table. This is establishing their norm, much like we did in the hero's journey. Things are going well for the characters. They're comfy, but they're not going to be for long. But they want something. Things are going well for the hero, but they want something more. This cushy life that they're leading just isn't for them. Your PCs may be tired of the simple life. Maybe a band of adventurers passed through town years ago telling tales of adventure and heroism, and since then, the PCs had a desire to seek out adventure of their own. They enter an unfamiliar situation. Perhaps your PCs embark upon their adventure. Maybe they have their first battle and are rattled by combat. Maybe they begin having second thoughts. They adapt to it. This battle, the sights, the sounds, the smells really gets to the PCs. The stories were never like this. The PCs begin to develop tactics. They find their places within the group. They get what they wanted. The PCs have found adventure. They survived their first enemy. Maybe they got some treasure too. But they pay a heavy price for it. Maybe they lost a companion, a member of their party. Maybe someone they were to rescue went unrescued or died in the attempt. Perhaps someone was maimed or they unleashed something terrible. Then returned to their familiar situation. The party returns home to town or tavern, whatever. But they are not the same, having changed. The PCs are different in a way. They have seen that adventure isn't romantic like in the tales of the bards or the stories of the adventurers that have passed through town. Adventure is ugly. There's blood and loss and danger. Maybe they begin sleeping with a dagger under their pillows. Maybe they can't sleep at all. So you're probably thinking about now, DM Scott, this is great, but what do I do with Harmon Circles 
after I've ended a campaign and my first level characters are now fifth level or higher and are seasoned adventurers. Review your Harmon circles that you have written and modified over the course of your campaign for those characters. Make new ones, fresh new Harmon circles that are going to fit comfortably with who and what the characters are now. Have conversations with your players on where they would like to see their characters going, what direction they have in mind. This is where your Harmon circles really get fun because now there's some substance to the characters. By now, their personalities have been pretty well established and their background is even more in-depth because you have had several months or maybe even more of gameplay under your belt. Talking to your players about their characters is going to do most of the work for you, so it's a no-brainer to sit down and talk to them individually. You want to look for any loose ends that have not been tied up. Maybe there's something about their background you haven't explored yet. If this is the case, your players may have stored those aspects of their background in the back of their mind, not quite forgetting about them, but thinking that you probably did. Go through their backgrounds again, pick out those things that haven't been explored, and start giving some thought to the exploration. Players write backgrounds, even detailed backgrounds, but they're not writing a book. There's still a great deal to flesh out that's fodder for the DM, making Harmon circles for established and experienced characters. This is when the conflict, the drama, and the quality role-playing really comes into play. Never, ever forget about Harmon circles for established characters. This is something that I do at the beginning of every campaign. Let's take my friend Cork's character, Iskander, and use her as an example. A little background on the character. She's a librarian. She's a librarian in the same way that Indiana Jones is an archaeologist. She is scholarly and intelligent, yes, but she's got skills most librarians don't. She could cast magic, and she is skilled at roguery. At the end of one of our campaigns, she came up against her old mentor, a wizard, Rosephus. He turned out to be a bad guy and escaped, but not until Iskander set an earth elemental after him, having used a magic item to do so. That was it. As far as I know, Cork forgot all about it because we played another three years after that and there was no mention at all of the incident or the NPC. I didn't forget about it, though. I kept that tucked away in the back of my mind long enough that I thought Cork had all but forgotten about it. Maybe he had, maybe he hadn't, but I was sure that he it wasn't sitting in the forefront of his mind. We came together to do an online game, not really my cup of tea, but one must adjust to get their D&D fixed during a global pandemic, right? Here's how that storyline played out using the Harmon Circle I made for Korok's character, Iskander. A character is in a zone of comfort. Again, this is where you introduce the protagonist, your cast of player characters at the D&D table. This is establishing their norm, much like we did in the hero's journey. Things are going well for the characters. They're comfy but not going to be for long. In Iskander's case, she was working in a library doing research and helping to establish this new library in a city that she only recently escaped from a few years ago. I'll go into details, but actually, really, this is a story for another time. But they want something. Things are going pretty good for her. She's got a job she enjoys, but the pull of adventure is always there. You see, Iskander is curious. She is a seeker of knowledge and is perhaps more comfortable out in the field than she is living a comfortable life working in a library. Sure, she likes it, but it's missing something. Then she gets a knock on the door and is hired by a prince from a far-off land. The prince wants Iskander to find his younger sister who had been kidnapped by her mentor. 
They enter an unfamiliar situation. Iskander travels to this faraway tropical land with a few of her companions. She begins her journey tracking this kidnapped princess. She finds that it appears as though the princess has been taken to a magical part of the island that her family rules. This magical part of the island is a remnant of the long-distant past. Certainly, there's going to be some wonderful ancient history to explore. Iskander and her companions find that this prince that hired them isn't really a stand-up guy. Actually, he's kind of a dick. They are placed in a moral quandary when they discover that the princess died of an illness and that the princess that was kidnapped was actually a simulacrum. The simulacrum was created with potent magical energies long since forgotten, magic from the ancient past. The simulacrum has since become sentient and does not want to be married to one of the other princes in another island nation. The mentor stole her away to protect her. They adapt to it. Iskander and her companions decide to leave well enough alone, but the prince is clever. He was concerned that whatever adventurers he hires may discover the truth and not fulfill their obligation to him. He has sent people to track them. One such individual was Iskander's old mentor. He had escaped the Earth Elemental and found himself under the employ of the prince. It was actually he who recommended he seek out Iskander and hire her, knowing that if anybody could find the princess, it would be her. They get what they wanted. Iskander and her companions have decided not to return the simulacrum to the prince. It has become its own being. It is self-aware. But now she is faced with her mentor. As she looks into his face, she can tell that the Earth Elemental caught up with him. One side of his face is badly damaged and scarred. The creature came upon him when he was sleeping. He slew it in the end, but not before it got a couple good shots in. The student and teacher face off in battle, and thanks to some pretty clever tactics on Korik's part and some solid roles, Iskander emerges victorious, but they pay a heavy price for it. Iskander and her companions return from the island home once again, but now they are wanted criminals in that land. Perhaps this prince will not forget what Iskander and her companions did. Maybe he will turn up again at some point in the future. Iskander is back at her cushy library job. Her bed is comfortable, as is her apartment, but there is always that nag in the back of her mind, that pull, that call to adventure that she will not be able to resist for long. Having changed, Iskander has changed. She is certainly no longer the girl she was. She has bested her mentor, a man of great power and authority that has always been, well, intimidating to her. Yes, she is no longer a girl. She is a woman of great strength and authority, a woman to be feared, a seasoned adventurer. But she's always been that. Her mentor was that one thing that perhaps kept her from truly being who she was. Now that the student has bested the teacher, she has been changed forever. There are many ways in which you can tell a story, and this is just one way. We'll see you next time in the dojo.